What's going on, everyone? My name is Brian Williams, and I am the pastor of Restoration Church in Traverse City, Michigan. Thanks so much for allowing us into your digital life and tuning in to this message. If you'd like to get involved with anything we have going on, you can do so at restorationtc.com. While you're there, you can find out about events, get to know a little bit more about what we believe, and you can also give a donation. Now, we're set up a little different than most in that we have a community account where 100% of your donation goes directly back into the community, both locally and globally. We've partnered with organizations like Freedom Builders here in Traverse City, World Orphans, and Charity Water. We also have an overhead account that helps fund the mission and vision of the church. Our vision is people following Jesus, and our mission is transparency, community, and change. Thanks again for checking out the message. Now let's get to it. This sounds different, doesn't it, Restoration Church? That's because Kelly and I, and many others, it's not just Kelly and I, we're <laughs> the only ones on the podcast tonight, but or whenever time it is you're listening to this. We went to California, uh, some staff from Restoration Church. We went to California to a conference, and um, we're recording outside. It's 8.30 p.m. California time, which means it's 11.30 p.m. Michigan time. And it's like 75 degrees. Beautiful out. We went down to the ocean today. Went into the Pacific. Pacific Ocean. Saw some seals. Yep. Yep. Ate some food. We did all of that kind of stuff. And we went to the conference, too. Learned we, we did that, too. Yesterday and today we went to the conference, and it was great. Um, Record heat record heat today in california 93 degrees and that was pretty okay i I wasn't sad about that (laughs) it's a dry heat it is it is yeah so anyway that's why this sounds a little bit different because um we didn't bring any recording equipment with us except for our cell phones so we are recording this on iphones if you hate it i don't know come back next week but then you'll miss all the wisdom somebody might impart this evening you might. So, anyway, that's why we sound the way we do. That's that's the that's the thing. So, um, Kelly. Yes, sir. This last week, what what did we even talk about? When? Sunday. Ah, yes. Sermon. We did. We talked about the Israelites starting to rebuild mm. and the order in which they did things, which is fascinating and one of my favorite subjects. Because they rested, and then they built the altar, and then they got to work. No, sorry. Rested, worshipped, altar. Yep. Then the rest of it. So we're going to talk about the rhythms of our life and the order in which we do things as followers of Jesus. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, because too many times we put the rhythms in the wrong order. Yeah. Or the emphasis on the wrong thing. The emphasis yeah. on the wrong syllable. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what we do. We do that um, quite often, actually. Trying to... And also, we're outside, so sorry if there's traffic going by, because it is California. And they do have cars out here. And they have, they have cars, not electric ones either. 
And was gas six nineteen? It was close to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So the rhythms of your life. How do you? Uh, okay, so you're a person who, who, it seems like they wake up and they're anxious. We was that this last week we read that verse about, uh, or was it the week before? Maybe it was the week before. May have been the week. You before. go to bed anxious. You eat anxious bread. Week and before. it was the week before. Okay. Yeah. But, it, okay, so anyway, how do, you, how do you go about transforming... I got a bug bite. Transforming the rhythm of your life. Um, to line when, up with scripture. To line up with scripture when your life right now is so busy. You're eating anxious bread. You think about it all the time. For the person who says, I I can't, otherwise, dot, 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 this ball is going to drop. This thing is going to happen. The most catastrophic thing, I, I won't be able to afford our house. I won't be able to afford whatever it is because of how busy I am. And we touched on that, and I spoke a little bit to that in the questions. What's your impossible? We talked about what's your impossible. And I put in the questions as an example. Maybe you really do think it's impossible with your schedule to have a daily quiet time, to have time to read scripture, to listen. Um, And not only might that seem impossible, but throw in a Sabbath every week to take a day just to refill yourself and regenerate your spirit and rest to get ready for the new week. I think for a lot of people that seems impossible. Yeah. How many people do you think actually take a Sabbath? Like in well, percentages. Yeah. I, I wish we would have looked this, this Oh, up. that would have been a good one to look up. I, I'm going to guess, and then we can look it up and see. I bet less, I bet fewer than 10% of people who profess to follow Christ take a regular Sabbath weekly as part of their regular rhythm of their life. I'm going to guess less than 10%. Uh... According to a 2016 study, I'm looking this up right now. This is real time, except we've... <laughs> except it's recorded. It's not real time. <laughs> um, well, now, now the article's loading up. It says that the Sabbath may be losing its religious significance in the eyes of many Americans, but a majority still believe taking a day of rest benefits society, according to a, nurse, new, a new survey on Sabbath observance by the Desert Deseret News. What's the Deseret News? It's probably That's reputable. It's the female desert. Oh, Deseret. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it says? It says they believe it's important. That doesn't mean they right. do it. A lot of people might believe it's important, but they just can't figure out how to do it. Yeah. This says half of US adults today say the Sabbath has personal spiritual meaning for them down from 74% in 78. Uh, It doesn't say how many people actually do it, though. I'm curious. Just say that it's important. We say a lot of things. We say that a lot of things are important. One of the things we talked about today um, is that um, does our... It was the the lady... She uh, was awesome. Katie something cool 
Katie Cole. Katie Cole. Uh, sorry, that's a loud truck. See, there's even loud trucks in California. They're everywhere. Uh, Katie Cole said, does your beliefs match your actions or do your actions match your beliefs? Yes. I'm talking about a completely different thing, mm-hmm. but it's, it's very, very important, um, to have that question in all of our lives, especially when it comes to something like a uh, Sabbath, we may believe that it's really important. You can believe all you want, right? right. Even Satan even, believes in even right. Satan even believes believe. that Jesus is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. But guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Satan's losing at the end of this. No matter how much he believes, he lost the war. Yeah, he gets battles, and that's that's kind of where I'm headed to dive a little deeper from the questions because we talk about doing these things, but but I want to get a little more deeper into the why. And we looked into a passage today at one of our break at one of our sessions, not a breakout session, and it was First Peter, chapter five, verse eight. And I'll just read it here from the NIV: "Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith." And he painted, the speaker painted a, a, an interesting picture because I think a lot of us are familiar with this verse. Um, I think about it often because we have to remember we do have an enemy. But he talked about the roar of a lion and how lions hunt. And some of you may know this, but I didn't realize that it's the female lions who do the hunting and say they're chasing a gazelle that got separated from the pack, which is another message we could do, mm-hmm. um, the importance of being in community and not out on your own. So the gazelle is faster, and it might make it to a, a covering and be safe because the female lions then can't get into it because it's covered and it's safe and it's hidden. But that's where the male lion comes in, and it will creep up on it from behind and just let out a humongous roar and startle the gazelle into jumping out and that's when it's over. Then the females pounce on it, and it's and it's done. Yeah. And I never thought about the startled, being startled by the roar. And if you're not on guard, we talked about Proverbs 2, guard your heart. There's a lot of passages about guarding your heart. And you can get startled into, into trouble. Totally. Um... There's a, I'm trying to remember where this reference was. I want to say it was that one. And I've, I heard somebody preach on this one time. Um, uh, maybe it was in Proverbs or maybe it was Ecclesiastes. Either way, the point was, um, I believe in the scripture, it, it, does he say like a roaring lion? Yes, yes. And so here's the deal. He can imitate a roaring lion but what's that going to do? I mean, it's a it, he's like a roaring lion. It doesn't say he is a roaring lion. He's like a roaring lion. So there's there's something to the fact that uh, just because he might might scare you doesn't mean that there's any power behind it. Yeah, it's I, it's just a charade. I I remember that message. I know the one you're referring to. Yeah. Because that was an eye-opener for me. He's not a roaring lion. He's right. like one. 
I'm looking it up now. <laughs> Again, we're doing that. Uh, it still because says First Peter five eight, but um, there's a there's another one though. Ah, uh, whatever. We'll mm, figure it out later. We'll I'm sure. Um, the point is, how do you protect yourself against that? How do you resist him and stand firm in the faith? And it's not a bunch of um, to do. Here's our drinking game. I think we've mentioned this before. Yep. <laughs> but there's a reason. <laughs> There's a reason we talk about these habits and these disciplines and how we reorder our life. And so I think that's what we want to talk about, too, is, is let's, let's, why not just start? Yeah. Why not start this week and look at how you can reorder your life around what you say you believe? Yeah. And that is a restful life. Enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. A snow day every seven days. Kids yep. just got a snow day on yeah. Tuesday. Yep. Um, a power outage day power due to outage weather. Day. But... You know, we're given one every seven days. So pray about it. Look about it. Look at your schedule. And let's take a step towards lining our lives up with Scripture when it comes to rest and guarding your heart and listening to the neighbors drive by with their... That was really good music, I think, right there. That's what that was. Um, Yeah, what, what would your life look like if you actually did what you believed, what you... Like, what you stood for is what you actually did. And, and, and think about, like, we love, to, uh, we love to talk so much about what we believe. Mm-hmm. Especially in today's culture where yeah. people can say what they believe all day long but never have any follow-through. Like, it's just like, here's what I believe. And, and half the time, people don't even know what it is they're saying. They're just spewing somebody else's opinion. And they haven't right. really ever gotten anywhere with it. Um, but what would happen if we as Christians actually lived out the faith that we proclaim and actually took a day of rest and actually actually made our faith the priority in our life and not just somewhere down the line? I, I, I don't think... I, mean, I, I don't know, but... I have a hard time believing that our lives would look the way that they do right now if we actually put into practice all the things that we believe. And I think a lot of that is a pride issue. I mean, basically, we're telling God we're so important and so busy in the things that we have on our schedule. We're telling him we can't put any of that aside for a 24-hour period. Yeah. Because dot 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 fill in the blank. Well, it's what we talked about on Sunday with the um, with the Israelites having to rely on God for manna every single day. Yes. Because um, uh, and we look at that. We look at that right now. Is it's that's that's completely crazy. Who? How would you even? That's not a good financial plan. Right. That's not a good. That's not a good way to live your life. Where's your Where's your four hundred one k? Where's your nest egg? Where's all of like Where's all the stuff that you're keeping and acquiring for yourself? Obviously, you need to do that if you are to be a good. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be a good steward, mm-hmm. if you're going to be financially responsible, you're going to have a nest egg. You're going to have these. <laughs> You're going to have these storehouses mm-hmm. stored up for you that you're going to be able to access whenever you need. What? Where? Where? 
where does it say that? Right. Because the, because the God that I read about is the God who says, you rely on me I'm for what provider. you need. That's I am right. your provider. Jehovah. Jireh. Jireh. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. So I tried this um, putting into action, and I, and I do observe Sabbath, and I do have quiet time daily. Um, and, and so it's funny because I tried to change my Sabbath. I don't believe that our Sabbath has to be Sunday. In fact, in the Jewish calendar, it was Saturday. Um, I, I do believe a, a 24-hour period every seven days is a Sabbath, but I, I don't, I, I think we, I did put that in the questions, the, the verse where Jesus tells the Pharisees, Sabbath was made for man. Man was not made for Sabbath. Yeah. So all the 613 laws they had to try and follow and all the convoluted things you could not couldn't do that some Baptists still try and do. You can't, can't go to a movie on Sabbath and all right. of that stuff. Um, no, I, it's not that. So I chose, because of my rhythm of life, Saturday is my Sabbath. And, and I did that for years. And then last summer, sounds funny to say last summer because it's the end of October right. and it's, I know, it's 75, 75 and it sunny feels like, and yeah. I think I have a sunburn. Yep. Um, but last summer I wanted to tweak my schedule. So I decided to make Tuesday my Sabbath and work on Saturday. And I have been an unorganized, disorganized mess yeah. since then because that was just so ingrained in my rhythm. When I got out of work on Friday, I just knew because it had been built into my rhythm for so many months and years that I was free until Sunday morning, which was fun because then I went to church, which I enjoy, and, and hung out on Sunday um, and then did grocery shopping and stuff. But I just knew every Friday when I got out of work, I was done. I had no responsibilities mm -hmm. until I woke up on Sunday. Trying to switch that didn't work for me on Tuesdays, and so I'm switching back to Saturdays. But but you just look forward to it and it becomes muscle memory and it's just part of it's just part of your life and it sets an example we're talking a lot this week in our conferences about being a good leader or being like Jesus and we're trying to lead our families and we're trying to lead our friends but we can't give them something we don't have mm -hmm. and we can't share what we don't have and so are we being like Jesus or are we trying to be a good leader or a good husband or a good wife or a good employer or a good employee or a good student? Yeah. That's, that's the wrong, we need a paradigm shift in our thought process. Yeah. Yeah. And like even just thinking through that's, um, sorry, I had like six thoughts in my brain <laughs> that just happened just now, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the, how do I how do I want to build this? So, <laughs> number one, uh, he also talked about this was one of the most profound things I've heard. Uh, and sorry if this podcast is now debrief on the <laughs> conference that we were just at. But it's funny how it lines up with it what does. we're what we're doing and, in restoration. Yeah, and ultimately this will this will lead back back to the message. I promise. But um, one of the speakers today talked about we love to throw around the word servant leadership and I've thrown that word around before uh, of how to how to be leaders in the church man we got to be servant leaders and it didn't dawn on me because I'm an idiot until he's go that far well I would okay. uh, until he said uh, Jesus didn't call you to be a servant leader he just called you to be a slave 
you're a noun, you're not an adjective. Yeah, and I was like, dog, gone it. Because I want to have leader in there because that makes me feel a little bit better about myself. But to just be a slave, you just want me to be a slave? That means I don't, I don't get to tell you what to do. That means I don't get to tell you anything. Like, I just get to be your slave, not your servant leader. See, right. if I'm a servant leader, I still am above you on the org chart. Correct. And I can feel good about myself because I'm going to be applauded if I take out the trash. Because that's not really my job, but I'll do it anyway because I'm a servant leader. Mm -hmm. But if I'm just a slave, that's just the expectation. Yes. And you're not going to get applauded for taking out the trash. Oh, my goodness. You're so humble. You're so good. at Wow. Look at you just taking, taking out the trash. trash. It's like, man, ugh. our pride wants us to have that leadership yeah. attached to it. So all that to say. So we're called to be slaves to God. Mm -hmm. Like we're just to be slave to one another. It, it sounds weird, but it's a willing slave. So it's not just relax. Well, we're slaves to something. Yeah. 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 Yep. You're going to Bob Dylan. You're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Okay. Um, so w w with that, because we also talked about worship on Sunday. Yes. I believe if you're putting in the rhythms of your life, the God, what God has for us for the rhythms of our lives, and we're taking a Sabbath, we're taking a break, that's going to carry over into our worship. Uh, and it was specifically talking about singing. Like I, I like yes. to define worship as more than just our singing. Obviously, it's more than just our singing, but... In, in response to Ezra chapter 3, it mm -hmm. was directly tied into the worship singing service praises. that they had. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, And singing of praises with cymbals and drums and whatnot. So, I, I believe if we're taking a Sabbath, if we are resting, we're no longer eating anxious bread... Um, but even if we are, we bring that into our worship. Yeah. And that's when, when we're relying on God, when we're taking a Sabbath, when we are slaves to one another, that makes us all the more grateful of what God's done for us. And that changes how we worship. That changes how we sing when we gather together as, as one body and, and lift our voices in corporate worship it changes how we sing. It changes, I, I, and I don't know how, but right. I was talking about um, worshiping God on the mountain of impossible mm -hmm. and whatever that impossible is, bringing that to him. And if we're relying on him for everything, if we're taking that Sabbath, if we're, if we're like, you know what? You don't need to call me pastor. You don't need to call, like, you don't need to know that I'm the leader of this church. You don't need to know any of that. Just if I'm just going to be a slave to you and to this person, to the next person, then the worship is no longer of me. It's of God. Mm -hmm. And now I can just worship him. And, and it, and it, and it changes. Everything. We talked earlier about striving, um, and making that paradigm, sh paradigm shift. Words are hard. It's like midnight in my head. Um, but we strive to be good 
leaders. We strive to be good parents. We strive to be good employees. But what we just need to do is be like Jesus. Yeah. And we've talked about striving before and, and how fruitless that is. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just about rhythms and, and getting healthy biblical rhythms. So the challenge, um, which I think is fun, this, is, this has been coming up in my quiet time. It's been coming up at messages. I thought about it on Sunday during your message, but the holidays are coming mm-hmm. and, and Christmas is coming. And, and it drives me crazy every year. I've, I've been on staff at, church, at a church for seven and a half years, and I've been involved in church for 20-some years now as an adult. And Christmas is nuts. Like, yeah. like even me talking about it now, I bet some of you out there are like, oh, my gosh. How many, like, there's right. like eight paydays till Christmas. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, I have to buy all these things. I have to bake these things. I have to do these things. Um, and then we forget, like, like, what does that tell your non-believing friends? What does that tell our friends who don't know Jesus? We're supposed to be celebrating the arrival of our Savior. And it's nothing but stress and anxiety and spending money and running from one thing to the next. So if if the timing of this message and this podcast about getting our rhythms closer, more aligned with the rhythms of Jesus and his life, how how could your holidays look different? And I was thinking about that because when I when I shared my story a few weeks ago, I didn't include this part. But the first winter that I was alone and not divorced, just alone. Um, Christmas was rough. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize when I, before that, watching TV, all the commercials, Hallmark couples, families gathered around the table, everyone's happy, every movie, every song, it's, everything is about families and together. And I was so depressed. And then I had to ask myself the question about halfway through that December. It was like, wait a minute, is Christmas about families Mm. or is Christmas about the arrival of our Savior? And if Christmas is about the arrival of our Savior, why am I depressed because I don't have this TV Hallmark family in my house? I'm alone with a cat now and don't know what my future looks like. Um, So I can't celebrate Christmas. I mean, because I had convinced myself Christmas was just going to suck and that's just Mm -hmm. the way it was going to be. And it it gave me, as an adult, I think I was 49 years old at the time, a whole new appreciation for a holiday I've been celebrating my whole life. Yeah. And I think I had been kind of celebrating it wrong. Yeah. Because my focus was on the family, the gatherings, the dinner, the presents, and I didn't have any of that. And it made me really take a look at what do I say I believe and what really is Christmas. It's a celebration of the arrival of our Savior to save us from all of this junk, to just be him live like him and take it from there and lighten up and uh, the one of the messages today enjoy your life yeah you can enjoy your life right and not get caught up in all of this garbage yep yep and we get we get caught up in the uh and it is garbage but this this game of ketchup or this game of looking just like the world and if i don't work seven days a week. If I don't keep climbing the corporate ladder, I'm going to be seen by the world as a failure or as lazy. Yeah. Like, well, if they have time for that, why don't they have time for, like, our time for uh, 
I'll say family. Our, our, our time for family is so low on the expectations of the world around us that that to decline something in order to spend time with family is almost wrong. It's almost like you feel guilty about it. And I, I'm, experiencing, I'm experiencing this right now with somebody uh, who um, they, they want me to come down for something. I, I, it's, it doesn't matter what the details are. But m- my next couple of weeks, including this week, are fairly busy. I've done it to myself. I'm not complaining about it. And I don't want to throw around that word busy. The things I've chosen to do, I've chosen to do. Now, I get to bring my family on some of those things, but um, they're things I love. I get to do music. I get to speak. I get, like, there's things I get to do that I'm really excited about. Um, and then that that next week, like, so for the next couple of weekends, like, I'm, I'm booked. I'm, I've got stuff going on. Um, and now I just got asked to do another thing on a Sunday night. Um just today and and I'm and I just got to be like I I can't because well, it's not that I can't I won't yeah. because I'm prioritizing my family and I'm already thinking through my head what's the excuse that I need to bring up to say that I won't do that or an I can't do that excuse. an acceptable excuse an acceptable excuse because to them and it's just nothing against them right. it's just like, it's how things are. It's the perception of the world we live in is me saying, sorry, I I won't do that, which I think we need to start saying. Yes. Because we need to take ownership of that kind of stuff. I won't do that because I want to put my family above whatever it is you want me to do. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's, that's totally okay. And that's taken back the language. Yeah. Like language creates culture. Yep. It's not that you can't do it. Mm-hmm. It's that you're choosing not to do it. Yep. Because if, like we heard, if you're saying yes to something, that you're, means you're saying no to something. Yeah. And I think too many of our families today won't say no to something. It's all yeses. And then you've got kids in all kinds of activities. Yeah. You've got yourself, because you want, you have likes and, and things that you want to do. Right. Um, date nights and hobbies and sports and and. You can't say yes to everything. Well, just think about all the different PKs, pastors, kids. Yeah. For those that don't speak Christian ghetto, <laughs> uh, all the all the pastors, kids, in 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 specifically in the United States that have left the faith yes. or completely walked away, is because their dad or their mom said yes to ministry over and over and over again which meant they were saying no to their kids over and over and over again. Sometimes you have to say no to your kids right. because they have to learn how to manage their time, how to manage time, <laughs> how to manage money. Uh, oh, you have to work in order to do stuff. Got it. All right, cool. So, understanding that, but not not there's a balance to everything, right? That yeah. like you can't just say no to all the things that you need to do. <laughs> Sorry, family time. It's Hello. like, you've had family time for three weeks in a row. <laughs> uh, we've got an issue here, right? And that's the excess thing. And that's why we got it like, yeah, there, there can be excess in so many things. Family can become your God. Right. That happened to me. I made my husband my God. Right. And that's, yeah, going back to like Christmas and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's what 
the worry is, is, you know, we're going to make this about our family. And, and sometimes we do that to, um, to escape ministry, to escape church, to escape all of that kind of stuff. Um, your first ministry is to your family. Mm-hmm. But are you actually ministering to your family? Or are you just turning on the football game on Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon because you deserve a little you time? Or are you actually ministering to your family? Because we always say that our first ministry is to our family. So are you ministering to your family or are you using them as an excuse to not do stuff that you could be doing? Chase that down in your quiet time. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's so important to have time to reflect. Uh To chase these things down, to take a look at, to take a look at things. I have no idea where that goes with the message, but whatever. It fits right in. It all is, yeah. Well, it, really, it's the basics. Like, like, what does God want? He wants your heart. Yeah. What does God want you to do? Love Him and love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Love is a verb. Yeah. When do we do that? I'm too busy. There's where it all starts falling apart. Right. Because we have these ideas of things that we have to do. And what we're trying to do is maybe identify some of those things. Well, our whole, our whole life should be aimed towards bringing glory to God, right? Yes. And we, um, we use, we, we use the excuse and I'm sorry if I'm going more ministry minded here, but all of us should be in some form of ministry right. anyway if you're probably listening to this you you are uh whether you're volunteering at the church or whatever like ministry is a part of your life um and, and so we'll use that i've always heard you know family then ministry and then dot 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 um and i'm starting to lose my train of thought on this <laughs> but uh, Maybe well, this will help jar it. Like, my dad was faith, yeah. family, yeah. fun. Yeah. Like, God, then my mom, his wife, then us, and then let's enjoy life. Yeah. No matter what the circumstances were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah, it's something along those lines. It was um, putting God first uh, and... Like I said, we'll use our family as a as a scapegoat to not 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 do any ministry type of thing. Um, yeah, I completely lost it. it <laughs> I still did. Happens to the best of us. It sure does, and we've been. I would think our nine hundred and seventy three regular listeners would be okay with it because <laughs> you know or, our train or gets fourteen. To, whatever. Same thing. Whatever math, it is. Math was never my friend. Yeah. Man, that was going to be so good, too. It was something just absolutely incredible, probably. It'll come back. It was, um, yeah, had to do with all that kind of stuff. And 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 doing, doing ministry, um, but not using our family as an excuse to not do ministry. Well, and, and even that phrase, I think doing ministry is being Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's part of what it was. It was, it was, um, it was basically what I already said though. Like, so I don't know why I'm saying it again. 
<laughs> Here we are, friends. This is two days of a conference, and like, we're like information overload. Yeah, like I can't believe we're not just blubbering, which is basically what we're doing. Maybe we are. I don't think we are. Well, okay, we are a little bit. Maybe, but that's um, well, that's okay. I mean, we're just it, it, we're just on information overload. We want to articulate the importance of simplifying everything. Mm-hmm. We want to articulate the importance of, of stepping back. Like, don't wait. If you're listen- whenever you're listening to this, take five minutes. Plan when you're going to step back and take a look at your calendar. Take a look at your family life. Take a look at your rhythms. I mean, if not now, when? Yeah. Let's get off the crazy roller coaster in this post-COVID, post-Christian right. world that we live in and get back to the basics yep. of being Jesus. Love God, love your neighbor. Yep. What's that look like? Yep. Do what he said. I, th- I think it would be a fun challenge, and maybe we'll just throw that out there and then we'll follow through, maybe through some Facebook posts, maybe through some messages and, and questions down the line. But the challenge to just really start taking stuff off your calendar so that you can have that quiet time, like a good time with God every day. Yeah. And what does that look like? And then that Sabbath. Right. I mean, it's not an option. We don't have to be legalistic about it, but if, if, if God took a rest yeah. on the seventh day, do you think he was tired or do you think he was setting an example for us? I don't think he wore himself out creating the world I think he was setting an example for Mm -hmm. us and then that got convoluted through the Jewish laws that came along over the next 2,000 years and then Jesus came to talk about the Sabbath and he didn't do away with it but he said Sabbath was made for man that's God's gift to us right yeah we weren't created to get burnt out right and then flame out and then hate everyone and everything around (laughs) like that's not how we were created to operate. And God put it in us to take a break. Um, and, and some of us show up for worship on a Sunday morning. And we don't even know which direction we're headed right now because we haven't paused. This is the one time we get a chance to breathe Mm -hmm. and you just take a nap i'm sorry sermons can be boring sometimes (laughs) i guess but like we haven't we haven't invested anything throughout the week right in in our relationship with christ and now you're hoping that you're going to get it for an hour i mean our services aren't even an hour long for the most part Mm -hmm. they're like 55 minutes or even and and you think that's going to fill you up and you think that's what's going to fill up your children for a week for, for the entire week. Maybe make it to week. the next Sunday. Yeah. Forty-five minute message. If you even make it. Right. The like church attendance right now, and I'm not. I'm sorry to just bring bring this up. If whatever, no, I'm not sorry. Church attendance right now, average, like to say that you're heavily involved in this church or whatever, like you call this your home church. Mm-hmm. What is it? Once a month. Yes. That's that's like the that's the bar. Yeah, that's 25%. That's the bar we've set mm-hmm. of, like, if you can make it once a month, 
one day, or yeah, one day out of thirty, out of thirty to thirty-one days. Sometimes one time twenty-nine, um, twenty-eight. <laughs> well, one time twenty-nine, that's once true. every four years. Uh, that's that's as much as you're investing. How many hours in a month? Do right. the math, and you're going to give us an not us that didn't come out right. You're going to give God an hour, right? And, and don't say, oh, you know, I'm going to make sure I watch it online or right. listen to it. If you do, the great. Mm-hmm. I, I hope you do. But how many people actually, if they miss a week, they're like, well, it's not that important. I'll get something in the next week. They're Maybe not, while you're driving, which, of course, then you have to be paying attention to what's going on around yeah. you. And you're what, if, not what does it look like to you, for you Yeah, just to sit down, whether it's at the church, at the brewery, or at home, whatever it is, and just carve out that time mm-hmm. to just take a service in, to participate in the worship, to open up, actually open up your Bible and read along, take notes, all that kind of stuff, which I hope you're not doing if you're driving. <laughs> exactly. You can't do that. But that's what I'm seeing here in Ezra chapter 3. They had all this stuff that they had to do. They had all this work they had to get done with. They had... Very important They work. had to rebuild their entire identity of who they were because it had been stripped away from them for 70 years in Babylon and Persia. They had no semblance of themselves that was left over. And then the practical aspect of physical walls around their city for yeah. safety purposes. And the first thing they did was worship together. The, the second thing they did was build an altar so that they could offer sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And then they built the, the temple. Then they got to work. Then they got to work. And then they built the walls. Mm-hmm. So safety came last. Because if you believe that God is your protector. Right. And your provider. And your banner. Mm-hmm. I like the banner one. Jehovah Nisi, I think that is. That, because... In, and more the banner went first. Right. So he was ahead of you. Yep. We would rather build up our walls first. Mm-hmm. Get our... And the walls can be the, our physical walls with our with our house and our community. Uh, the walls to protect our families. Uh, so making sure our kids are in the right schools. They're doing the right sports protecting them financially so we're going to make sure that they're well taken care of down the road and then if there's time left over Mm -hmm. then we'll go to the temple and then if we really if there's time for commitment maybe we'll come to the altar we we are so backwards in our society Mm -hmm. with how we're doing things we're building the wall first then maybe if there's time we'll go to the temple and then maybe after that if we're really feeling a little bit guilty we might give a little bit of an offering or we're going to go to the altar, but don't get too close to it because that's going to mean I need to change my life. Mm-hmm. And if we look at the example from Israel coming back from exile, come to worship, go to the altar. Naturally, out of that's going to be your temple mm-hmm. because we are the body of Christ. Yeah. We are the church. And then and then focus on your walls. And the big question, if you're wondering, how's that working out for you? Yeah. By doing it opposite. And then a a word to the people. We were talking about coming to church on Sunday exhausted, but then we know there's a large amount of people 
generally speaking, well, I don't need to go to a building. Yeah. Well, my friend, you are the gazelle Mm -hmm. who's away from the herd and have no protection. And then Satan, like a roaring lion, is going to startle you out of something, and then you're going to be devoured. Devoured could be a divorce, could be an illness, could be a loss of a job. Mm-hmm. Could just be you have no friends and you have no life and you're exhausted and you're just miserable and full of anxiety. Yep. And you're looking at the wrong solutions when you avoid quiet time, hanging out with God, hanging out with other believers, coming to church, worshiping. It's not working. Nope. And I feel like we keep going back to this over and over again, but it's the one of the biggest problems with our people. It right is now. It, it, because it's the foundation. Mm-hmm. It is our foundation. If you, how can you, you can't give something you don't have. You can't share about the love of Christ if you don't know him. We might know about him, but, but if you knew him and you believed him, and I should say we, we would live like him. Yeah. And we would live like he called us to live. And we make it so complicated. And we make it sound impossible. And then what we're really saying is, God, you're calling me to do something. You're telling me to do something that's impossible to do. And he's not going to do that. He might. He might call you to do something that's impossible. That we think is impossible. Impossible to do on our own. Yes. Kind of like the God won't give you more than you yeah, can handle. Exactly. Thing. Of course he's right. going to. Otherwise yeah. you don't need him. Yeah. So, yeah. Otherwise there's yeah, yeah. no faith. But I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's going to give you the song we sang what, yes, yesterday. Uh, something, something, something. He won't. He won't. Yeah. Like <laughs> that was, you're going to know that song because I think we need to bring it to restoration. Right. Something about God not failing you. And then just the, the yeah. line, he won't. Yeah. Was so powerful in the context of that song. But, 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 and that goes back to the beginning of this podcast of what if we actually lived out what we believed, what we sang on a Sunday morning? We've talked about that before a few weeks ago. We're like, why don't we actually focus on the words that we're singing? Don't mm-hmm. actually sing them unless you really, really believe this, what we were saying. I surrender all. Yes. And it was yes. just like, we, no, we don't. Right. Nah. Maybe, maybe in the moment we're thinking maybe we will, but you're you're, you're singing. I'm I'm planning. I think I'm probably gonna. Yeah, yeah I'll surrender on yeah. it. I surrender on. Right. Yeah. I mean, over and over again, we sing these songs and we lift our hands because it's just you know so whatever. But it's like, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Think about what that would actually do to your marriage. Think about what that would actually do to the truck that drives by. <laughs> think about what that would actually <laughs> think about what that would actually do for um, your relationship with your kids. Mm-hmm. If you actually lived out on Christ the solid rock, I stand. Think Not the... go ahead. But I was going to say, think about how it would feel to go to bed at night. Not not falling into bed exhausted. Yeah. But like going to bed to rest and sleep and waking up rested. Yep. Yep. You're right. 
you crash on the couch at the end of the day and binge watch something Mm -hmm. because you're just done. And sometimes that's going to happen. We're all going to have hard days. But is it the exception to the rule or Mm -hmm. is that every single night you can't cope anymore? Mm -hmm. Why? Why are you living that way? to no i like that um the the song that you just quoted because it's like the how the the builder who built their house on the rock and the sand and the winds came and the waves came and it knocked it down because it had no foundation and really i think that's what we're just going to probably be beating home for quite a while it just seems it just seems like the holy spirit is highlighting these topics everywhere we go and the, the songs that we learn and the, the studying that we're doing and the series that we're in right now, um, leading into the time of year it is with holidays and stuff, what is the foundation? What are you building your life on? And is it working? How's it working for you? Mm-hmm. Yep. Enjoy your life. Where's your abundant life? I even yelled at him once, where's my abundant life? <laughs> and then I thought about it for a while and... He showed me how to have abundant life. Yeah. And all the things I shouldn't do and should do and should stop doing and should start doing. And all of a sudden, regardless of the circumstances, I've got a pretty contented life. Yeah. My circumstance didn't change, but my perspective did. And my habits did. Yep. Any other uh, thoughts for this evening? I don't think so. Or morning or afternoon, whatever it is you're listening to this. Good (laughs) afternoon, good evening, and good night. (laughs) Truman Show. That was so long ago. I know. Nobody understands that reference anymore. So yesterday. Yeah. No, I just want to end on the 1 Peter chapter 5. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith. It's good. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll be back to our regular uh, microphones next week. So. No background noise. No background noise, but it was kind of fun, right? You thought that was good. Maybe. Maybe not. Oh, that's All right. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everybody. Note. We'll see you Sunday. Bye.